You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. Health and aged care provider St Vincent's Health Australia is tackling Australia's role in human trafficking head-on. The organisation has joined forces with anti-human trafficking group Australian Catholic Religious Against Trafficking in Humans, or ACRAF, to change the way hospitals treat trafficked people and ensure the goods and services procured are slavery-free. I'm joined by St Vincent's Group Mission Leader Lisa McDonald to discuss the project. Thank you for joining me, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Why did St Vincent's Health Australia decide to try to help improve the way trafficked people are treated in healthcare settings? Thanks, Dallas. Look, we just know that most people who find themselves trapped in modern-day slavery will attend a hospital at some point. And it just strikes us that um, in healthcare we have a unique opportunity. There's a window of opportunity when people present to not only to address their healthcare needs but then also to look to... um, carefully identify them and also, if if possible, to even help them out of their situation, although we know that that's tenuous. But um, but healthcare practitioners um, have have an ability and a professional ability to be able to care for people who are vulnerable. That's definitely the case for St Vincent's. So we wanted to be able to make sure that we were putting the right information and practices and education into the hands of our clinicians and frontline staff so they would be best equipped to be able to help people when they do present. For those who may not be familiar with trafficking and modern slavery, what are some of the ways people are exploited? What, what might staff encounter? Well, really some of, the, some of the three main ways that we understand people are coming into human trafficking and the types of exploitation they experience are sexual exploitation, forced marriage and forced labour. And we know that well, our friends at ACRAF um, really are helpful in helping us to understand this issue a lot more. But um, their information uh, tells us that traffickers are well organised. Um, often they're in large international criminal organisations and people come into trafficking through a number of different ways or find themselves the victims of slavery. It might be through ads offering opportunities to work here or to work abroad. Uh, recruiters might be people who, or even people that a person might know or trust. They might be a friend, or, um, but also in the case of forced marriage, it's also family members that become the human traffickers that lead people into slavery. It's often to people who are vulnerable or exploited the most. So people coming from a range of backgrounds, they might be undocumented migrants, at-risk youth, uh, people who find themselves uh, vulnerable. They might be in a country not knowing the language alone and are therefore further at risk of being exploited into human trafficking. What are some ways that that treating or supporting trafficked people may be unique? We think what we think about is that there's an extra vulnerability for people who are trafficked Um, and and for that reason um, it's not as easy as just saying that a person might be able to escape by alerting someone to their scenario. Uh, people who are trafficked are vulnerable for a number of different reasons and that might be that they first of all feel a sense of shame or foolishness that they've made a terrible mistake and blame themselves when in fact they've been a victim of a a wider sting or a wider situation. Uh, People are vulnerable, they might be undocumented migrants or they might be at-risk youth and the threats that people who are in modern-day slavery Um, encounter might be physical threats or they might be psychological threats against the person's family Um, and the the punishments that they've received through reporting or alerting 
the trafficker uh, to the fact that they are looking to escape are very real. Um, and so people are stuck in a situation. They have uh, no money, no passports, sometimes no friends, a language barrier, and are afraid of deportation. We're afraid of the shame they might bring upon their family or have been trapped because of a debt bondage. Now, when a person presents at our hospital, uh, there's a very limited opportunity to be able to understand and identify actually that a person may be a victim of human trafficking. So it will require some really good education and some really careful um, policies and procedures in our hospital setting to be able to help identify, to be able to help people to safely uh, recognise that they are a victim of human trafficking and then be able to put them in touch with the support that they might need, which currently is through the Australian Federal Police. Um, but that too is sometimes something that people are nervous about going down that track uh, because of the threats that they've received. So there is a, there's a sensitivity about people identifying themselves as modern-day slaves and then um, the very real threat that they feel that if they do report it or try and escape, uh, that they, they or their family may be subject to violence. So we have to, so in a hospital setting, we have to tread really carefully. Um, our healthcare practitioners, our frontline staff are, are, are great at being able to identify and care for people with complex needs, but we know that they don't want to further endanger the person who is coming to them for healthcare needs, but who also might be trafficked. St Vincent's Health Australia will also work to ensure the goods and services it procures are slavery-free. What are some of the ways that healthcare organisations may be unknowingly supporting groups behind human trafficking or modern slavery? Well, this is the piece that we're, we imagine we're going to go on a very big learning curve in this aspect. Um, what we're going to do is investigate our supply chains to make sure that the goods that we're procuring, and that might be everything um, from medical equipment to cotton sheets, uh, gowns, maybe even chocolates sold in fundraising. Uh, hospitals and healthcare do a lot of fundraising. Uh, we want to make sure that they have been produced without the use of enslaved or forced labour. Um, and so, so this is really what we need to look into. And, and there's some great support um, in the community at the moment. Federal Labor has called for the introduction of the Modern Slavery Act. The government had established an inquiry into establishing a Modern Slavery Act. The Business Council of Australia also supports this. So it's a really good piece now that healthcare, perhaps St Vincent's is the first and then others to follow as an industry says this is important to us too. In what ways do you hope the project will create change within the, the health and aged care sectors? I think what it'll do or what would be fantastic if it could do is if we're able to help our practitioners to really identify some of the signs, the health signs, that people have been a victim of modern day slavery. And some of those signs might be um, things that are fairly usual for people to present at our emergency departments or our hospitals. But um, if we're looking at them with different eyes from the perspective of trafficking, it might reveal to us a different story. So people who are presenting with workplace injuries. We know that uh, traffickers, particularly those in situations where pe they're putting people in forced labour, um, often have dodgy workplace practices. Um, we also know that people who are forced uh, to work and exploited uh, are expected to work even when they're sick. So that exacerbates their illness um, and causes them to deteriorate even further and not even be able to recover from, from minor ailments. We also think that um, 
Uh, it's important to look at pregnancies that haven't been monitored properly. And one of the unfortunate scenarios is when there's been a forced marriage, there might be a 14-year-old girl who's become pregnant. Often they won't present to hospitals because um, that would alert a person or, or a practitioner to the fact that there's been an underage marriage or an exploitation of a minor. So um, pregnancies that are unmonitored would also be an interesting sign for us to notice and for our practitioners to notice that something dodgy is going on here. So healthcare with the right education and the right frame and the right support to know what to do when they do identify a person that's been trafficked has a fantastic opportunity to um, help those people to realise the situation that they're in, to be able to make the right referrals and help people as to what to do next. But just the fact that people who are trafficked do often present at hospitals gives us a unique opportunity to be able to be very helpful in that scenario. Thank you for your time, Lisa. You're welcome. Thanks very much.